0: Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, the 21st of July. Chris Conway, you're on overnight for us. What have you got?
1: Good morning, Ben, thank you. The Dow was up 48 points overnight. It was a pretty wobbly session, also a fairly tight range. At best, it was up 117, at worst down 180, so about a 300-point range there. High futures were pointing down 33 points this morning. I'll leave it some to give an update on what the market is doing. Upbeat US corporate earnings provided the boost overnight. This was off the back of Netflix's earnings, which came out at the end of the prior session. So we got them yesterday morning, but the first reaction was last night. The stock closed up more than 7% because they didn't lose as many subscribers as the market was thinking. And they also pointed to growth of 1 million subscribers in the next quarter. So potentially Netflix calling the bottom there in terms of their subscriber numbers turning around. More broadly, about 12% of S&P 500 companies have reported so far and 68% of those have beaten expectations. So it is only early doors, but I think the market and the results so far are running ahead of what analysts were expecting hence why we've seen some positivity in the market. On that front, the S&P and the Nasdaq are both now trading above their 50-day moving averages. It's a dinky little technical thing, but it's the first time in nearly three months that that has happened. Could be another sign that the downtrend, which saw the S&P tumble more than 20% this year, has halted and is no longer we're no longer moving lower. Other headlines overnight, Putin has signalled that the gas pipeline will restart, whilst Ukraine and Russia are said to be close to a deal that will ensure safe passage of grain through the Black Sea. And of course, both of those outcomes would help reduce concerns about inflation. And for the punters, Macau will reopen its casinos on Saturday, and Bitcoin topped twenty-four thousand US dollars for the first time in a month. So like I said, a host of more positive leaning headlines overnight, seeing the Dow up another forty eight points, backing up the big gain seen in the session prior.
0: Very nice right there. Thank you, Chris. Tom, what's happening today?
2: Thank you. Ben market is doing better than what the futures had indicated, although we are still in negative territory, down eight points. Quarterly production updates from the Oilers and Miners are colouring the session. Tech and healthcare names outperforming. Energy and utilities weighing on the market. Woodside down 2%. Santos down 1%. Both have quarterly updates. Gold names also sliding as bullion has sunk to March 2020 lows. Northern Star down 1%. Evolution down 1%. Newcrest bucking the trend up 0.2%. They met full year production guidance, so well done to Newcrest. Zipco sliding 2.2%. 3.3% 0.3% on their quarterly numbers and Link LNK has agreed to a new deal with Dai and Durham at 4 4- 81 cents. ANZ has completed their $1.7 billion institutional raising and tonight we have the ECB and Bank of Japan handing down their interest rate decisions and I think the expectation is for a more hawkish rate hike from the ECB Ben.
0: Very nice, thank you Tom. Layden what have you got out of brokerland?
3: Thank you Ben looking at Chris's chart of the day yesterday, All Chem, brokers are commenting this morning, UBS said that the production report more or less evened out in the wash with higher realized Spodgman prices but lower production numbers. There's a little bit of variation in the target prices this morning. Credit Suisse has the lowest one there with $10.40 which implies a 5% upside but other than that pretty much all of the other target prices are around 50 to 60% above the current market price. And also looking at 29 metals that's 29M is the ticker for that one. Brokers are varying a bit on the production numbers this morning. Credit Suisse retained its underperform recommendation and a target price of $1.50 implying a 19% downside. Morgan Stanley says equal weight with a target price of $2.75 implying a 94% upside. And Macquarie has an outperform recommendation with a target price of $3 which implies a 111% upside. So a fair bit of variation there but the comments were all fairly positive on those production numbers. Thank you, Ben.
0: stuff. Thank you, Leighton. A couple of fresh ideas today. Chris? you've got one for us?
1: Thank you, Ben. Just looking at a headline here and backing on to Layton talking about the brokers. I've just seen Goldman Sachs has hired Josh Frydenberg for an Asia-Pacific role. So that's a a live news headline that's coming out. I am taking a look at Whitehaven Coal. I covered this one not so long ago, the 14th, and I suggested buying on a move through $5.55. The morning that I wrote up that analysis, some whispers went around the market that the Chinese were considering lifting their ban on Aussie coal imports, and that lit a fire under the stock, and it is... Is, as of this morning was trading around $6.43. And the question begging now is, is it still worth buying? They did have an update as well on their fourth quarter performance. It was particularly strong. They generated 1.4 billion in cash in the final quarter alone. And there is now a very real expectation that they will return some of that capital to shareholders. They report on August 23. I am still a buyer of this one. I've got an upside target towards $7.65. That's relatively conservative. The highest target is from Ordmanet. They have an $8 or $800. 100 cent price target on the stock but as i said i would still be buying this one upside targets to 765. so for anyone who missed that first move there's still an opportunity to get on now and for those who did capture that first move well done Great work. Thank you, Chris. Tom, you've got a fresh idea as well.
2: I do, Ben. Well, maybe not so fresh. I wrote Challenger up as a buy hold sell back in May, and I'm revisiting this Quiet Achiever, which is up more than 26% in the last year, and that's versus the market down 7.5%, so quite significant outperformance there. It upgraded guidance at the start of the year. That was reaffirmed in May. It's got results on August 16. The main tailwind for the business is as interest rates go up, so does the attractiveness of its annuity products and its its margins. So for some examples, their three-year term annuity will earn customers a 4.5% and that's guaranteed today. And that compares to 1.4% a year ago and 3.75% in May. So it's quite a big and a steep incline and that's making their products more attractive. Brokers see it fairly priced. Difficult to argue against where it is at the moment. So I'm saying hold
0: nice one. Thank you, Tom. We've also got our long-term investor section in there today with our portfolio check-in on the Forever portfolio. Good week there, up 1.5% as the market took a little bounce. Still a little bit of extra cash and fairly low risk profile in the grand scheme of things there, which has held us back a little bit compared to the market, but can't complain with a 1.5% rise in a week. Still, main concerns are around inflation versus growth, upcoming reporting season, and the market as a whole, whether it's bottoming. Got our calendar there, a couple of activity reports due next week as we ramp things up towards results season. We'll have plenty of coverage leading up to and in result season of the stocks held in this portfolio. And of course, the same in the income investors section with the dividend portfolio. And we've got the portfolio x-ray in there as well. Little check in. Henry's not with us today. He has got his stuff in already. He's presenting at the ASA doing a talk on the brave new world and how to navigate the new investment landscape. So I'm sure we'll hear about that tomorrow. And in Henry's take today, he's got a piece on an alternative way to play the growth in data and data centers and a look at Julie Bishop stepping out for mineral resources. So check Henry's take out there. Marcus, onto your strategy.
4: Good morning, Ben. Actually, I've got a couple of ideas. We've changed the name of fresh ideas to the ideas section, by the way, today. Just didn't seem to sit quite right with me, but there you go. I have put a comment in the ideas section about the building sector. If you have a look in there, there's a bit of value appearing in the building sector. All the building stocks are well off the top. The US housing market has been disappearing into a whole, you probably saw the fifth existing home sales decline in the U.S. last night, down 5.4% as interest rates rise. And over the last six months, the monthly repayment for a new mortgagee or mortgagee in the U.S. it's up 50% in the last six months. So housing getting more expensive over there, activity dropping in our building stocks. Some of them have U.S. exposure, but it's the same picture here as well. The housing market has been peaking on the the back of that, just on sentiment alone, you've seen some fairly sharp balls in the likes of James Hardy, Reese, Lendlease, Fletcher Building. They're all down 30%, 37%, 27%, 24%, 18%, 17%, 22% as we get down to Borrow, Bricks Works and CSR in the last six months or so. So sector on the nose, there has been a little bit of a bounce in the last week and month maybe there is a bit of value appearing in the sector as well you've got CSR and I think Tom wrote it up as a buy hold sell not so long ago CSR on 10.5 times with 10% yield at the moment 100% franked as well and you've got Adelaide Brighton or Adbriars it's called 7.3% yield NRW holding 6.7% yield GWA 8.5% yield so there is a bit of value around in the sector now I can't see with interest rates still cracking up and the housing market coming off the top, that there's going to be a lot of enthusiasm for the sector. But clearly, if the stock market is about finding sentiment peaks and troughs, the sector is in a bit of a trough at the moment. We timed it rather nicely, didn't we, the building sector, getting out of the building sector months ago. And there is obviously an opportunity to get back in at some point. The market needs to behave as well. If this is the sentiment bottom on the market, then maybe the sector is worth a look again. The other thing that I've put in the ideas section with what one word as a headline plus the chart is tempting! Oz Minerals has had a buy signal. It is one of the lead stocks that will lead the resources sector back up. There is no great macro reason to be buying resources yet. We still have recession fears around. But if sentiment is going to turn, that has turned the share price already in the last couple of days. It's obviously way too early to be getting investors involved in the market yet. There's no technical excuse on a longer term chart. But clearly, there is a bit of a sentiment improvement in the last couple of days.
0: And Minerals have their second quarter update due at the start of next week. So right. if you're getting interested, you might be worth waiting and making sure there's no great disasters in that right. first as well.
4: Otherwise, on the strategy section, I am itching to buy something. But this is a long term sleep at night. Don't worry too much. Don't do too much section. But maybe I'm being too short term getting sucked in by the last couple of good days. It sort of cooled down a little bit last night but there is no doubt the risk on sectors consumer discretionary and technology were at the top of the performance tables in the US last night topping our tables today as well and maybe there is a bit of a low going on in those sectors. Not enough for me to go and buy an ASX 300 or a NASDAQ or an S&P ETF but definitely thinking about it. Otherwise I'll just note in the strategy piece there are a few hot stocks having a bounce and we're going to have a question of the day about that. Yes, we are. And you're going to drive that. Right. So remember all those hot stocks that had not necessarily any fundamentals, but everybody loved them and thought they were bulletproof on the way up. Name me one of your hot stocks and I'll give you one, which is, can you remember this one? Archer Materials. It was Henry's one stock portfolio stock. It started to bounce in the last couple of days. It's up about 10%. Name me a hot stock that we forgot. Oh, that we forgot. That we need to remember again, Thomas. We need to, because, because I was I was
2: going I was to go, going to go with Zip having the bounce, but I said that yesterday, so yeah. It's I'm not, sorry. Not very
4: very bored of the Zip thing because uh, it's it's a bit it really obvious, is isn't a trashy it? stock. Anyway, it's up forty percent in the last month, so some people won't be bored can't of it. Can't argue with that. I know one that
0: I've covered a bit and we used to quite like. Got absolutely hammered <coughs> because it was all on story, no fundamentals, and that was Betmakers B E T Bet. Bet. Okay. Christopher.
1: Accent Group, which is a retailer, they're the shoe retailer, and they were hitting a bit for a moment there, and I wouldn't be surprised if they've been hammered. Stock code AX1. Thank
4: you. Some of
3: those consumer discretionary
4: stocks are going off again. Yeah. Short term yep. stuff.
3: Late Ben did actually take my first option. Yeah. Domino's, I feel like, flew during the pandemic. It's come off the top a fair bit. Along
2: with JB Hi Fi, Harvey Norman, yeah. all of those retailers. Thomas? One that I got into and I quite liked at the start was Air Tasker and it was Mm -hmm. a business that was focused on the gig economy, a bit like high pages, but could do anything, and they got absolutely trashed. And what surprises me, they always had really good updates, they always beat guidance, and the share price kept going down. It's had the tiniest bottom, I think it's about 30 cents at the moment, but maybe there's value in it at 30 cents, not a dollar fifty when I bought it.
4: And what's the code for our more sensible members that have never gone near it?
2: ART.
4: <laughs> ART, thank you, Thomas. And I will give you a couple. Nanasonics is going off again. EGL Environmental Group, which is the ex-Tox Solutions Management trying to do it again. That's suddenly looking a little bit
2: better. I do have another one, Australian Ethical, AEF, and it did really well, ran up really high on the ESG, everyone going to more sustainable funds, and it got trashed. I remember Henry was talking about how when you compare it, the, the funds under management versus the share price, it just does not stack up compared to even Magellan and a bunch of other fund managers, and you're paying a massive premium for the word ethical. And I'll give you a couple
4: more, Vulcan, VUL, and Lion. Town lithium and that'll probably do it. yes it will
0: thank you for that marcus very interesting thanks, everyone. See you, tomorrow. thanks bye. Bye.
4: Thank you i was playing golf at the weekend with one of my friends who has been listening to our morning meeting podcast for free for the past year and he was looking a bit sad and the reason he was looking a bit sad is because from the first of august the marcus today morning meeting podcast is going dark We are putting it behind the paywall. It'll be for members only. Anyone who wants to continue listening to the Marcus Today Morning Meeting podcast should do themselves a favour and us a favour and subscribe. And just to tickle you along, if you send an email to info at marcustoday.com.au and be very nice to Will, Chi-Chi and Karishma, they may just give you a bit of a promo code. Give it a go.